Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders taking his afternoon drive. Alan, what is going on? Well, Smitty, I'm glad you got the hat on today. The, the, the yeah, specifically hat. for because, yesterday. So, because yesterday I was very positive on the show. I feel mm-hmm. like I was, I was, I was fairly. Uh, I am, and, and listen, I meant everything I said. I am confident that the Steelers will be just fine going forward. Nothing really changed in my mind about the future of this team from Sunday's game. They're going to be fine. But we, we we had a very positive show yesterday. And I gotta say, the viewership, not 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 so good, not so good. Then, then last night I went on the Lockdown Steelers podcast with Chris Carter, where we gave out our grades for the game, the Skulls and Stars grades, and 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 my personal grade, which is the the bus ticket grade, the get out of yeah. town grade, yeah. and I went off. I went off. We we was bad. The grades were bad. Obviously, the team was bad, and and there was. There was some negativity involved in the podcast, and everybody loved it. So I don't know what the people want from me, Smitty. You complain when I'm depressed, but you, you but, but but you like it when I'm angry. I don't know. I, I so I think I'm just. I think I got the hater hat on today. I think I got the hater hat on today. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. That's apparently what needs to happen. What I actually think it is, it's whatever you're not supposed to. So, like, if you are positive in a situation where the fans feel like you shouldn't be, that's a no-go. But if you're yes. negative in a situation where fans feel like you should be positive, that's also a no-go. So yeah. you can't win. That is you can't win. basically always going to be me, just for the record. Yeah. Because when you don't have an emotional reaction to the things that are happening, um, well, it's different. And that's why... People like me exist. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've got some heat for you today. So if you were not okay. happy with the positive tone <laughs> of yesterday's show, we're going a different direction, all right? Yeah, on a, on a short week, as opposed to Tom on Tuesday, it's Coordinator Tuesday. So, you know, Eddie Faulkner talked, TA talked, a couple of players in there as well. And we're going to go through some of the stuff, uh, highlight some of the stuff that was mentioned there. And I want to start on the offensive side of the ball. Eddie Faulkner talking. I uh, also heard from Najee Harris, which we can kind of highlight here, the fact that he didn't do with a simulated practice, had a little bit of a something on his knee that he was dealing with or whatever. doesn't seem like that's too big of a deal. Um, but yeah, Eddie Faulkner and Najee both talking about the red zone failures. And that's where I want to start because uh, as a fan, kind of feel like this game flipped 
on, you know, on that where they don't score on a fourth and one right after Kenny gets hurt. And then Arizona goes 99 yards for a touchdown right before half. And it seems like that was kind of the turning point of this whole thing. And Eddie and Najee both talking about uh, the team's red zone failure specifically there as well, Alan. And, and what was that conversation like? And what did you take away from it? You know, just first on Najee's injury, I don't know what's wrong with him, but I talked right. to him today and he was standing there in a pair of shorts with a little compression sleeve on his right leg. So like, I think he's probably fine. Um, yeah. I, I would not imagine that that is something that's going to keep him out of Thursday's game. When it comes to the running game, man, like I, I asked Najee, like I said, he said last week he felt like the running game needs to be the identity of this offense and that it is becoming the identity of this offense. And I think that's probably the correct answer. But if you get to the goal line and you can't score with the running game, I don't think that can then be your identity. Like if your identity is going to be the running game, then when you hand the ball off on fourth and one at the goal line, it's got to be in. Like, I, I don't know how that can be the identity of your offense if you're going to fail in those circumstances. Uh, Eddie took some flack for the play call about it being out of the shotgun. So uh, Nick and I actually in the press box on Sunday evening looked this up. And basically on and one plays, okay, the best thing you can do is run a quarterback sneak. And I will uh, forgive the Steelers one play after losing their quarterback to an injury for not running a quarterback sneak. Yeah, I thought I the think same thing. that's yeah. reasonable. Okay. So the second best play is to go under center and throw the ball. And the third best play is to run out of the shotgun. So running out of the shotgun in and one situations is actually more effective than running from under center. So, predictability probably right that and that's right. the same reason yes. for passing under center yeah right exactly so both ways when you go opposite the tendency if you go under center and throw or if you go shotgun and run you are more likely to have success than if you play to your formation formational strength so um i thought that was very interesting uh i i think there's probably a lot of people that think that would be the opposite and uh, I understand the play call. And Eddie Faulkner said, look, we blocked it. Like, they were blocked. We got to get the yard. Like, that, we had a hat on the hat. We didn't have a free guy. We've got to move the pile one yard. Like, that – and, like, the thing that Eddie didn't say that I'll say is you got a 230-some pound running back with the ball. Like, they've, they've, you've got to get one yard. I got it's, – it's not excusable. Talk to Najee about this. And he basically said – like, that is going to happen sometimes. And if you're going to make the identity of the offense the running game, you got to give more than one shot. Like, you got to keep doing it. And I, I like that, that answer from the running back. Um, the pro, and I really agree with him that maybe not necessarily in that specific instance, but a lot of times I felt like things went wrong for this team in this game when they went to the pass in situations where they didn't necessarily have to. How many second and twos, second and threes, second and fours were passes that turned into third and medium instead of runs that could have turned into either third and very short or a new set of downs? I feel like it happened over and over yeah. in this game. And and so, like, I feel – I kind of feel where Najee's coming from, where I did not sense the sort of connectedness of the play calling in this game. I was evaluating Mike Sullivan's play calling job from this game 
I would say, did a fairly poor job. Like, I do not think they connected first down to second down and to set themselves up in third and reasonable or to not get to third down at all. And, like, you can say, yes, if you're a running team, you have to get fourth and one, and I did. But they also did not give them very many of those opportunities throughout the course of the game. Like, they were 0 for 1. Like, maybe they would have been, you know, 4 for 5 if they got five cracks at that, but they didn't. And so I think that's um, a valid point by Najee. We'll see going forward. I have not felt that short yardage has been the same kind of problem that red zone in general has been. I feel like short yardage has been okay. Red zone has been a problem all year. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is just how I feel. You know, say Kenny, everything happens the exact same way, but Kenny doesn't get on that, get hurt on that third down. I feel like they do do a QB sneak there, you know, again, and just have him do it. He's been the second best, most efficient behind Jalen Hurts in terms of quarterbacks since coming into the league and taking over as the Steelers starter with that specific play. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's interesting too. And you mentioned the accountability thing, even going back to yesterday when Tomlin talked about this. And I want to, you know, I don't know if it got brought up in the discussion at all in terms of accountability, but the players, you know, Fryer, we've talked, and we mentioned that video yesterday. Um, When you, when we talked about accountability, was that something that Faulkner or Najee talked about in terms of like just, they're the players playing as opposed to you, you mentioned the play calling not being there from Sullivan, but the players producing as well, doing what they need to do. Yeah, so I mean, I think you know, maybe not necessarily production, but like the mistakes, I feel like is where, yeah, um, the players really, um, have focused on like taking ownership and saying, like, hey, we didn't, we didn't have a proper mental mindset, we didn't have the right approach for this game, uh, we were not locked in as we should be. And Eddie mm. Faulkner said, like, they had a team meeting, you know, as they always do to review the film. But he said, we, you know, sometimes they'll break those into units. And he said, like, we addressed it as an offense. Like, we went over our mistakes as an offense. And guys were accountable to each other for the mistakes they made as an offense. And, like, I, you know, sort of like going out and benching somebody, not sure what else you can really ask for um, in terms of accountability beyond that. Um you know, obviously wasn't good enough, but, you know, you can't really do anything else in this situation, especially right now, right? Because you've got a game in another two days. Like, you can't yeah. spend endless amount of time harping on the mistakes that were made. Najee Harris made a great point. He said, look, like, we talked about it, but we have to put that past us. We have a game and, you know, we have beat the Patriots. Then we got nine days off. Then we can go back and figure out, okay, what have we been doing wrong? Where have our mistakes been? How can we be better? So, but right now, it's like you have to focus in on the tasks at hand to win this game, and then you can worry about that other stuff later because, you you know, we're still in this. It's not like we're a team that's out of it that can just dwell on our failures over and over again. Like, we're going to win the game, stay in the playoff hunt, keep moving forward. The other thing Najee brought up, they're 4-0 and games after a loss. So that is something that this team has been – pretty good at is being able to find a way to turn the page after some negativity. Yeah. No losing streaks uh, this year, Yeah, which is, which is actually very interesting, but um, I wanted to ask you, cause it came up yesterday because of Jalen Warren's comments, Deontay Johnson talked today. And, you know, I, I think Jalen actually had like a longer quote than what people were putting out. I think Chris Carter actually put up like the full video of him talking. Um, Cause it, maybe it wasn't the exact same thing that people were putting out there, but talking about the Cardinals and maybe potentially taking them, lightly um 
you know, and, and where do you, you fall in that? Alan Robinson as well talked about it today. You mentioned too. So um, maybe just go over that. And if you think that that was maybe part of the reason that we got the result that we did on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Warren talked about it. Uh, Deontay talked about it today. Uh, Alan Robinson talked about it. I don't think it was necessarily like that. They, you know, didn't care because it was the, the oh, a two and 10 team or whatever. I just think that there was like a lack of focus and attention to detail that, you know, like the job at hand was not so difficult that they needed to do anything special for this game. And I think when you get into those circumstances, it's easy to get complacent. I said on the uh, on Locked On podcast last night, this morning, like I, it's a natural human reaction to think when you make a change and you get some positive feedback from the change that you fixed all your problems. Like to take your foot off the gas and say like, hey, looks like we're pretty good after all, never mind. Um, and so I, I just think that is um, – unfortunately a, a human nature thing that they were unable to um combat as opposed to just like looking down on the cardinals i think it was more about like feeling themselves when they probably should not have been yeah and, and you know that we talked about that last week you know following that that uh Bengals game where it was like okay you know maybe they were able to put up a lot more yards still just yielded 16 points though you know, obviously the one touchdown came off the board and everything like that. But but what reason would they have had to all of a sudden feel like all of their problems were solved based off scoring 16 points against the Cincinnati Bengals? Well, maybe not like as an offense, but maybe like people individually. You know, like I, I think that's, you know, it's a team, but it's a collection of individuals. And I think you have, you know, the team didn't, you know, like if, when you have 400 yards, that means a lot of people look at that film and was like, hey, that's pretty good in that game. You know, like maybe the team didn't didn't okay. you know, the the team's failure kind of everybody owns it, but like you know, individually you can look at a bunch of individual. Like, do you think Pat Farmer's think he had a bad game? No, I don't. You know, he was oh, great. Like, yeah, do, yeah. do you think uh, now Deontay Johnson admitted that he didn't like his game against uh, Cincinnati? But like, do you think George Pickens thought he had a bad game? Like, I kind of doubt it. Like, you go down the line, you look at every individual offensive player. How many of them? Kenny Pinkett, I'm sure, wanted to do more. But how many of them do you really think are saying, like, man, I just wasn't good enough in this one? Like, probably not very many. You know, like, and I, and I think that's that's where you're at, though. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Uh, you mentioned Kenny. I want to talk about the quarterback stuff because uh, Faulkner talked about Mitch as well. And it was interesting because, you know, talked about maybe a guy willing to take a few more chances throwing the ball. Obviously, he puts it in harm's way a little bit more as well. You know, what's he have like three interceptions as opposed to Kenny's four playing like a tenth of the amount of snaps or something like that. So uh, a little bit more reckless with the football, maybe pushes it down the field a little bit more. But, you know, what were your takeaways from what he said about going from Kenny to Mitch? Man, my, my takeaway is that I don't know why we're asking about it because, like, they're, like, 95% <laughs> the same guy. Like, there yeah. is no – like, if you put an eight jersey on Mitch Trubisky, shaved his little, uh, you know, little scruff and, uh, and, put, and put some hair out the back of his helmet, nobody would know that Kenny was gone. It's the same guy. They do the same stuff. I mean, like, Mitch throws the ball downfield. I would say he's a little bit more free with like, his willingness to take – risks down the field especially deep middle but like man there's not any like 
there's no, they're the same guy. Like their their results are the same. And I, I don't think that's a good thing if you're Kenny Pickett. But like, I, if you're if you're talking yeah. about this, like, I can't make Mitch Trubisky a story this week. I just can't. And there's nothing. We know what he's going to be. He's the same guy. I just I, I I don't know. It's like and the Patriots are the same thing. Like. I can't make a story about will it be Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi either. It's the same stuff. Like, it doesn't matter who plays. It's all. Well, I mean, like, you talk about guys that look like quarterbacks that look like each other. Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones. Put them side by side. I don't know. I might not be able to tell you which one's which if they're not wearing their jerseys. Yes. Bailey Zappi's a little little more slight. He's a little, a little skinnier. That's that's all I got. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm in full agreement with you down to the, like, you know, mobility, I think is, is pretty similar as well. Um, but, I, you know, so to that point, though, what what type of game are you looking for from Mitch? You know, I think back to like the Carolina game last year where Kenny didn't play. Uh, what was that like week 15 or something like that? Steelers ran the ball really, really well, opened up with like a 21 play scoring drive. I mean, is that the type of game plan that they're going to try to have on Thursday night? I don't think so because New England's a really good running defense, and I don't think that they're going to be able to do that. Like, I just – like, I don't think that you look at this New England team and say the way we attack them is 100 handoffs. Like, they're not that good on the outside. Um, I think you can beat them deep. I know you can beat them intermediate depth passing. Mm-hmm. I think I think you've got to come out and, and try to find a way. Like, their safeties are really good but they come down against the run. I feel like it's a big play action game. Like you got to get Mitch on the move. Um, mm-hmm. Their edge rushers are not scary. Like I got, I think, you know, you can, you, you can, you can beat them. It feels to me like a Jalen Warren and play action pass kind of game. That's, that's what it feels like to me. Okay. Yeah. Looking real quick at the Patriots defense, uh, <coughs> eighth in total yards allowed 16th and passing yards allowed third and rushing yards uh, just a shade under 89 yards per game on the ground given up. Uh, 21.2 points per game, which is 15th in the league, and they're 16th in third down percentage. So, yeah, I mean, that that, that tracks. That's the way that you're going to have to beat them um, is the play action, I think, is probably going to be the key. Uh, let's let's switch sides, though, because also Terrell Austin talked today. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, we'll get to his great quote about the inside linebacker stuff, but I first want to talk about you know him talking about TJ Watt because it actually was kind of alarming. I saw Derek tweet about this. I didn't realize that TJ's only drawn two holding calls since 2021, which was kind of astounding to me. Um, you know, and, and TA talked about that. He also talked about you know tackles leaving early being a disadvantage and the league kind of letting him get away with it. Actually, that brings up another question before you answer about anything that TA said. So we know that, you know, the league will hand out fines and stuff for thing for officiating, like when people bash officiating after a game and stuff. Can they do anything about like in weekly press conferences and stuff like that? Yes. Yes. So okay. like, interesting. it just, it's, it's, and, and so it's actually very specific. Um, you can say you don't like a rule. Okay? okay. And you can say like, you don't think they, you can disagree with a call, okay? Yeah. But you can't, um, you can't criticize the officials or the officiating. So yeah, I mean, TJ is walking down the line. I would say uh, with his comments that so he's curious like about. Yeah, he's been singled out uh, by the league that that he does not get the calls that he should. Um, I think it's. 
an interesting sort of paradigm, right? Like anyone who watches the NFL has seen the obvious level of bias that star quarterbacks get when it comes to officiating. Mm-hmm. It gets, it's, it's just blatantly obvious to anyone. But it's interesting that that does not exist for a star edge rusher. Like where it's almost the opposite, where it feels like TJ has to get hold, held so much worse than someone else to get a holding call. Whereas, like, if you touched Tom Brady for 10 years, you got, like, it was, like, a firing squad. Like, you know, like and so, like, now I, I, I think it's very interesting. Like, you know, no tackle is a star. Like, like who is the league protecting here, right? You know, like, I think it's, it's interesting that that sort of standard doesn't exist. And Terrell Austin said, like, they've basically gotten to the point where they're, like, they can hold on every play, and they know they won't call it every time. I think that's probably overstating it. I don't feel like TJ gets held on every play. I also feel like TJ uses a rip move a lot, and you are allowed to hold a guy using a rip move. When you see yeah, that's that's the one a lot of fans TJ come around the corner and you got that tackle, and I can't take my I can't take my hands off the wheeler. So Smitty, if you could just put your (laughs) arm around your own neck like you're being ripped, you know what I mean? Yeah, when you see that right there, that's not a hold because it's a rip move and you're allowed to do that unless you get taken all the way down to the ground doing it. That's what Paris Johnson did to TJ Watt when the play was hurt. And that absolutely should have been a holding penalty, but most of the time that's not a hold. And so I I think it's, I'm not really sure. I think TJ Watt probably has been held more than twice since the start of the 2021 season. I definitely agree that I do not see the same type of disparity in the way the game is called for a superstar player like I do at other positions. Um, and that's interesting to me. I'm not sure that the league is like specifically out to get TJ. And what do you make of the the comment about the tackles leaving early as well? I feel like that's been a hot topic. You know, Yo, since I don't the understand this one, man. Like, what are we doing? They already are allowed to line up like a half a yard off the ball. It's mm-hmm. and, and it's supposed to be a dead ball call. I, I don't I don't know how you can ever let it go. I, I think the league has been screwing this up all year. It, there has to be a crackdown on it. There has to be. I, I how many times? There's been two or three times this year where in a Steelers game where like everyone just kind of almost stopped because they assumed it was going to be a false start, and then the the whistle never blew, and it was like, oh, oh, we're we're going. Like you didn't see that? <laughs> I, I I don't get it. Like I I, I yeah. don't understand that. Yeah, that's been one of the hot topics, I feel like, of all season, you know, in the opener with the Chiefs when we were seeing Juwan Taylor and everybody's like, what is happening right now with how early he's getting started here? Uh, you well, know, it's you been know a conversation this is coming from is this is coming from these guys that are like professional individual position coaches, guys like Duke mm-hmm. Mannyweather, who have basically mm-hmm. taught guys to do this, that they're, that they're teaching this as a tactic and assuming that the league will not react to it. That, yeah. That's why it's happening. Well, until the league does. I mean, I guess, you know, they can keep rolling with what they've been doing. So, uh, yeah. I, but, Alan, I wanted you to uh, to bring up the great TA quotes when asked about the inside linebackers. Obviously, E-Rob now, you know, his stat is very much up in the air. Though he was a limited participant in today's simulated practice, we will see how the rest of the week plays out for him. I say rest of the week, but literally we have one more day before game day tomorrow. So, um, 
But yeah, TA talking about the inside linebackers and how they just seem to be dropping like flies. Cole Holcomb, then Quan Alexander. Now E-Rob's down with an injury. You know, where are we at with these inside linebackers? Yeah, E-Rob uh, said he practiced today, but it was just a walkthrough. Said he wasn't even sure if he'll be able to practice tomorrow. So still very much up in the air with the Landon Roberts and his groin injury. But a great quote from Terrell Austin today, man, where like, you know, people ask him about like, oh my God, what are you going to do? You know, another linebacker down. And he's like, nobody gives a shit. Like, this is my job. Like, this is this is what I get paid to do. Like, everybody has problems. Nobody's going to feel sorry for us. you got to go play. Like, it doesn't matter. And I love that attitude. I love that mindset. Uh, it was a great quote. And I think it, it very much you – know, like, when the Steelers talk about, like, next man up, standard is the standard, like, there is not a belief that the next guy is ever capable of being as good as the first guy. Like, no one literally thinks – that the next man is going to do the same thing that the first man did. Like, there's a reason he was the next man. The belief, the, the standard is go out there and play like you like you are, like you are a professional, like you are, you know, capable of doing, of, of winning, like having a winning effort. And and, and I think that's, um, you know, people, people take that out of context all the time. Um, no one thinks that Michael Walker and uh, Mark Robinson are going to be as good as Cole Holcomb and Quan Alexander. Nobody, not even Mark and Michael. Like so, like, you know, like this, <laughs> right? It's just the standard is you know doing the things that you can do to put your team in a position to win at the end of the day. Um, beyond those guys, though, that we have seen chances of seeing somebody that we haven't yet, you know, like a Blake Martinez or something like that on Thursday. I would say very high. I think Blake Martinez is going to be active. I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to play a lot. If Landon Roberts doesn't play, I would expect Blake Martinez to start alongside Michael Walker. It's very clear okay. to me that Mark Robinson is just not ready yeah. for that level of, of participation. And so, um, you know, I, I think it'll be Roberts, Walker, and Martinez getting the bulk of the playing time. Um, with uh, Mark Robinson and probably an active Miles Jack available as well. That, that's what I would guess. And, and, you know, that that right there goes back to, you know, we talked about Mark Robinson <laughs> was kind of this break glass in case of emergency type linebacker that they had that they really didn't want to bring out this year. Unfortunately, with all the injuries, they had to do it. And clearly with what you've seen now, granted, small sample size, he's he's not there yet. You know, can he be sure? It's just not right now. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a, a young player that a lot of people are excited about, and I understand that, but it's very clear. And, and like, and I think the athletic profile is very easy to like. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so I think there's there's a lot of good there. It's, it's mostly a question of knowing what to do when and where to go. And, you know, I always say this about athletic linebackers. Fast linebacker going the wrong direction just means you are farther out of place. If you don't know where to go, be slow. Be LeVon Kirkland out there. Like, you're probably starting <laughs> in about the right place. If you just don't move, you can't ever be that wrong. It's when you go the wrong way that things start to get really, really bad. Man, there you go. Great to get a LeVon Kirkland reference on the podcast. Somebody today. Asked, and so I, I tweeted about something about linebacker the other day, and uh, somebody said, like, Oh, I'm talking to you about Miles Jack and Blake Martinez playing. Someone said, like, what? LeVon Kirkland wasn't available. I was like, oh, 
If LeVon was playing today, it'd be a nose tackle. Like, that, they don't make <laughs> linebackers yeah. that shape anymore, man. Le- yeah. LeVon is uh, – the position has evolved, okay? Love, love him. Great dude. I've gotten to talk to him a couple of times over the years, like alumni things. And uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, LeVon would be like a like, – like a, like a one tech. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, that's where – that's the last thing I'll bring up just to be talked about <coughs> yesterday. TA touched on Tianu Benton today. Now, again, you know, dealing with a little bit of an oblique thing, which limited his snaps in the last game, could very well again on Thursday, especially with getting Monty Adams back in the fold. Um, but nice to hear TA give some shine to Tianu Benton as well. And I, I think it might have been somebody on the show that actually brought him up to TA. Dude, the best part is, and if you can, I, I think, did the Steelers put the coordinator videos out? I think they do, right? Mm. I, I think. I don't know. Typically, don't, typically. I don't know if it's up yet, but they typically do. I, if they don't, I will get the clip of T.A. talking about uh, Keanu Benton, and I will tweet it. Because the okay. best part is not what T.A. says. It's when I ask about Keanu Benton, and, and T.A. is kind of like looking around the room to see where the question is coming from, and he gets to me when I get to Keanu Benton, and the look on his face is just like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 Keanu, yeah. Yeah, you don't even need a quote. Like, just like if I could just print a story, I was like, I was asked Terrell Austin about Keanu Benton, and he said this, and you could just make the face. Like, that's that's right where he's at. Like, it was it's it's gift worthy, um, to to say the least. Uh, his reaction, and boy, was he good, man! It just jumped off the field. I it is really hard when you're covering the game from the press box to focus on line play. Like it's it's very difficult. There's a lot going on, and usually, like that kind of thing, I have to watch it again to really pick up on. He was so mm-hmm. dominant that from the press box, I was like, "Oh, 95 is on one today, man!" Like it was it was incredible. Yeah, so they got the players up right now, but they don't have the coordinators up yet. But that was just 15 minutes ago. I will I will tweet that. I will tweet that clip uh, so that you guys can find it on my on my X account, I guess. I still have to say tweet because there's no verb. Yeah. You can't X something X, like posted on X. Come yeah, it's it's post not yeah, I don't I don't I'm not a fan. No. I keep saying no. tweet, so I will call the company X, but I am tweeting when I'm on there. <laughs> there we go. Well, if you're gonna put that out there, I'm sure the people in the audience will want to see that as well. So tell the people where they could find you to be able to see. At A Saunders underscore PGH on X. PGA Steelers Now, sites account SteelersNow.com. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I don't know that we will put that on the YouTube channel because we are sort of restricted in how much video we can put up there, but uh, there will be some mm-hmm. stuff from uh, Najee Harris, I believe, from Deontay Johnson going up there. So uh, all kinds of good stuff here on the YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, we'll get uh, one more of these there as well. Yep. Uh, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH. You can follow me on X to see my tweets on X. Uh, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Comment down below. Leave us a five-star review if you were listening somewhere else, of course. Oh, we uh, forgot Smitty does... Newsbreaker. Color Rush jerseys. Oh, yeah. Newsbreaker. You were following me. Okay. You were following me on X. You knew this last month. This isn't Yellow this isn't... end zones. News... Yep. Gold end zones. Right. Newsbroken by Zachary Smith. Uh, like, if you want the real hard-hitting Steelers news, like the important stuff, because I was at practice today, and uh, the, the press room was, like, overflowing. So I was kind of, like, just outside the press room, like, 
working on my computer. And uh, some of the equipment staff came over to me and said, let's go on big on Twitter right now. I was like, you want to know what's going big on Twitter right now? Color rush jerseys and gold end zones, baby. That is what the people <laughs> really care about. Like, losing the Cardinals doesn't matter. Color rush jerseys and gold end zones, now you have their attention. They were cracking up. Hey, I've, I've been on a heater since uh, November. Broderick Jones starting for Chooks, taking over at no, right tackle. before that, you had the, uh, the Kendrick Green. Oh, that's true. It, uh, yeah, you know what? It's just been all football season. So it's like young Adam Schefter right here. <laughs> that, yeah, maybe I'll change my X handle to something different. But for now, Zachary Smith PGH is where you can find me uh, if you're looking for very specific Steelers news to be broken from time to time. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Uh, other than that, for Alan Saunders and myself, that is how we will wrap it up. We'll be back tomorrow for another one of these. Uh, thanks for jumping in, taking another ride with us on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. <laughs>